it started when I was about 17. I went to an all-male boarding school when I was 14. I was a big athlete in college, too. Around 17, I remember feeling a lot, very kind of self-conscious about who I was. I got into a relationship with a girl, and she ended up cheating on me, and I took it out on my body. started off just like a vigorous exercising and things like that. I just would eat myself until I was so uncomfortable I'd throw up. At first, I was like, oh, this is acid reflux. I literally tried to tell myself that lie. This thing became something kind of secret to me and like a kind of a way of escaping whatever was going on in my head. It was something that was mine. It was special. I also suffered from drugs and alcohol issues, but the eating disorder was something I could engage in like pretty regularly. My eating disorder lasted for 10 years. It was the last thing I was going to be willing to give up. I mean, the drugs and alcohol can immediately just say, I don't want to do that anymore. But you got to eat. Progressively, it got worse and worse. It took away so many things from me. School, my ability to function, and then gradually that cage became something that trapped me. And uh, I felt like I couldn't escape my own own self-destruction. It just got worse to the point where it led to hospitalizations. All this time, I'm keeping the secret from my friends, my family, because in my mind, I was like, this is a women's disease. I have a women's disease, and I I can't let anybody know, you know. And, I mean, I grew up in a very male-driven culture from South Carolina and also going to boarding school with a bunch of men, and, and I, I didn't know who to talk to about what I was going through, and I didn't feel like anybody could relate. When it got to the point where it was just hurting me, when it got to the point of just complete misery, uh, I didn't know who I could reach out to to talk to about what I was going through. That led to a lot of isolation. It led to me pushing friends away because I didn't you know, know how to relate to them. I went to the University of South in Tennessee, as a result of, of my eating order, I was expelled from school because I was forging my roommate's checks because I didn't want to ask my parents for money for food. That wasn't even my bottom. Even after that, I wasn't willing to tell my parents what I was going through. Eventually, around 22 or 23, they found out, and they basically just told me, what do you want to do about it? Because, I mean, I, I came to my father, and I was completely... I broke down to him, and um, it was a result of actually a breakup. And I knew it wasn't just a breakup. It was something else inside. Because for me, I would always try to fill that void with drugs, alcohol, relationships, and food. And all those things never filled the void. I couldn't find it. When I broke down to him, and what she said to me during that breakup was, you know, you can't, you can't love anyone else unless you love yourself. And I didn't know how to do that at that point. I had literally lost myself completely in the disorder and my addiction problems, and I, I couldn't I couldn't see a way out. After a suicide attempt, I talked to my dad. The first step was, let's go see a therapist, and I did that. But I also did, like for many years, I ran circles around that therapist, and I'd give up something, but I wouldn't give up this. I'd give up something, but I wouldn't give up this. And, um... I did that for a few years and went back to school, transferred to a school called Hamm City College in Virginia, which is also an all-male college. It's one of the only ones left. 
and started playing tennis again for the first year of that. It was okay. I felt pretty centered and everything, but along with that, I was still abusing stimulants, still drinking on the weekends. I still felt out of place, and the eating disorder was just waiting for me to, to find that moment. And um, if I was out of stimulants, I would go to my eating disorder. I would just go on this routine where it's this cycle where I would abuse the stimulants and uh, I wouldn't eat. So I wouldn't have to worry so much. And then I would get into these periods of time where I was out of them, and the only thing I knew to do was to turn towards the food it just took a life of its own. I, in my heart, I wanted to pursue recovery, but I wasn't willing to give up everything. I didn't really know what recovery from something like this looked like. I had no examples. I didn't know anybody who had recovered from an eating disorder. And I certainly didn't know any males at that time who had an eating disorder and willing to talk to them about it. So. It was difficult. I went to uh, this place called Prescott House in Arizona. It was there that I, I actually found the rooms of AA and, and started to work on uh, my addiction issues. Working on those first really helped me out a lot. They claimed to have like kind of eating disorder treatment. I didn't necessarily find it there, but what I did find was that recovery was possible. And there was a sense of hope that grew from getting a little time under my belt here and there at that house for my eating disorder. From there, I went to their outpatient program. And when I got to outpatient, I relapsed real hard into my eating disorder completely, full on. I didn't pick up the drugs or alcohol again, but the food was there. It ended up being me alone in an apartment again, doing the same same routine that I had done since I was, you know, 19. We discovered a place out here in California called A New Journey. And um, A New Journey was specifically for eating disorders. They had had male clients before, and I hadn't really met but uh, two other males that had eating disorders that I could kind of relate to. It was here that I, I can say that I found recovery. When I was at A New Journey, I had all these things that I was working on like a meal plan and everything like that. and I'd never done that kind of thing before. And for me, I was like, gosh, it's so strict around food. Like, but, you know, at the same time, it was the thing I needed because I would go through these periods where I'd binge and then I would, you know, restrict and then I would binge again. And I couldn't do that anymore. So I needed some stability. And that's what they provided for me. I was willing to admit that I needed more help. And asking for help was something that even today I struggle with. But it's something that I'm working on, and it's something that I've learned through this process I definitely need to do. I learned a lot about myself and also became passionate about giving back to this process. My recovery, what it looks like, is is a lot of giving back to people, whether it's in eating disorder recovery or through AA and staying connected to people. And it fills the void that I always had inside me that I was trying to fill with drugs, alcohol, food, relationships, you name it. It can be anything. I work in recovery, so I work with guys who are coming in and 
I, I see you know, them on day one. And it reminds me, it keeps me a constant reminder of where I came from. It's also a way of me giving back in the sense I, I don't think I'm in service work because it's my job, but I do I do enjoy what I do with those guys. And um, when I continue to push forward into that field, as I do, uh, I work at a, a sober living house. I get to sit around the house and have conversations with these guys about what they're struggling with or, or even have a conversation about them that's not even around recovery, which allows them to not dwell on where they are in their process. I try to connect with other people who are suffering with eating disorders who've gone to other treatment centers out here. I'll speak at some of those those places, and that kind of helps me stay connected. It's what I'm passionate about. I'm passionate about recovery because it's been a long process for me to find it, and I, you know, I, I wish the best for everyone, and I love to see people progress in their recovery as well. My dream for men is that at some point, men can have an open, honest conversation about what they're going through, even if it's a struggle with food. Because for me, it was so hard to have that conversation with myself. And it's interesting. Um, every time I've opened up to a group of men about my story or my struggle with food, I've had numerous people come up to me or say, hey, I've got some issues with that, too. And so it's something that not a lot of men want to talk about openly, but it's a bigger problem than most people are willing to give credit for. And, you know, male eating disorders are where female eating disorders were 30 years ago. For me, one thing I try to do each day is try to do one thing I'm afraid of. If I do that, it helps a lot. So, if you're a man who's afraid of talking about their eating disorder, that's that's the first step in admittance. And from there, I don't know where the journey will take them, but getting it, getting it out um, definitely helps. 